Hello and welcome to Capital Insights, a podcast offered by the WRA to discuss key advocacy issues that are important to property owners in the real estate industry. My name is Tom Larson, Executive Vice President of the WRA, and the topic of today's podcast is the WRA's legislative agenda. What's next? With me to talk about the WRA's legislative priorities for the remainder of the 2021-22 legislative session is Corey Lamont, Senior Director of Legal and Public Affairs for the WRA. Corey, welcome and thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Well, hello and nice to hear or see you again, Tom. <laughs> well, I want to jump right into it and uh, uh, talk about what the members can look forward to for the remainder of the session. We've just wrapped up our state budget season and by all indications, this was a good budget for the real estate industry. The final budget bill included $650 million uh, property tax decrease, a $2.5 billion income tax cut, and $225 million for for broadband expansion. And we had $5 million for DSPS technology upgrades, which were uh, definitely needed. On top of all this, We passed two of our carryover pieces of legislation, the Riparian Rights Bill and the Home Inspector uh, legislation. So we've had a great first half of the legislative session and want to get your thoughts, Corey, about uh, what the remainder of the legislative session looks like and uh, what priorities the WRA is going to have uh, moving forward in the fall and uh, uh, winter legislative sessions. We did have a really great um, first half of the session. We have one more carryover bill that we just need to bring over the finish line, which is a disclosure bill. Not super exciting, um, pretty technical in nature, but one that we're still pursuing. Beyond that, uh, it's more of what are we not trying to pursue when it comes to some of our legislative priorities. We are going to get involved in HOAs and trying to deal with some of those homeowner association transparency concerns. 40-year easements, trying to figure out the statute of limitations is uh, 40-year easements talking about discriminatory covenants and the fact that we want, while the laws currently say um, that those are not enforceable, those discriminatory restrictions uh, in your deeds and other subdivision covenants, and making sure that it's very clear um, in statute that they are prohibited and unenforceable. We're gonna deal with some 452 changes when it comes to the regulation and the practice itself. Shoreland zoning, making sure uh, that we're dealing with that Anderson versus Town of Newbold case. Uh, which essentially trying to figure out a clarification that does uh, provide that a town doesn't have the authority under statute to regulate lot sizes uh, through Shoreland zone areas through its subdivision regulations. So a nuanced discussion there. Proceeds from the sale of non-homestead properties, a super exciting case that I know I can get Tom to be fired up about, um, which is essentially making sure that the money is given back to those that are um, having their local units of government foreclose upon them, making sure that they don't get a windfall if they get more than what's owed to them as the government. Um, and then one of the things that we are always tracking is making sure that we uh, prevent bad laws from passing. So there's been a series over the course of the last few sessions, and this is uh, not any different. We've talked about it before, uh, but making sure that we track these licensing bills where they uh, potentially directly impact our profession. Corey, doesn't sound like you have uh, any shortage of things to uh, to work on uh, now that you've lowered property taxes in the state, you've flattened income taxes. Now it's time to move on to some of the uh, regulatory reform measures that uh, that you just highlighted. 
Wondering though, Corey, if there are any, uh, well, I'm asking, I know there are some, but wondering what political obstacles uh, there may be to getting some of this passed. Uh, we've got uh, uh, divided government now in the state of Wisconsin, wondering if we can get uh, consensus on this very ambitious legislative priority list. We always um, remind our members of the fact that when we have a new governor or new legislature that we're always looking to see what we can have success. So we modify our agenda based on the cards that we are dealt. Uh, this is not a unique session for that. So we are optimistic that we'll be able to get a lot of these initiatives passed. Uh, obviously, sometimes you never know where some of your issues might um, raise some fuzzy little pieces. So that's always an interesting uh, discussion. But I think the biggest challenge you may have in this current legislature with redistricting coming up um, and elections coming up is if anyone's going to want to make any maneuver. Um, there may be this idea of let's not do very much of anything and pass just major priorities uh, that are our party's initiatives. And so that may be um, one of the things that we kind of get in the, the fray and try to stay above it. Yeah, positioning for the next election is always a challenge when you get down towards the end of a legislative session. So uh, this session is probably no different than the others because the next election is always the biggest election. Correct. All right, Tom, it's my turn to ask you a question. I never get to do this. So you have um, personally been taking a lot of initiative and working with legislators uh, to address one of our major priorities uh, and will continue to be a theme of the associations probably for many sessions to come, which is the housing shortage. Uh, would you mind giving our 17,000 plus members an idea of what issues that we will be attempting as an association to address the severe shortage of workforce housing in our state? Uh, happy to do it, Corey. Uh, as you know, workforce housing is one of the biggest economic development issues in the state. Uh, wherever you go, whether it's uh, northern Wisconsin, southeastern Wisconsin, rural or urban areas, uh, workforce housing seems to be a key issue, a key economic development issue. Employers uh, can't attract the workers to fill the job openings that they have unless there's a place for the workers to live. And this shortage of housing that uh, our members see on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of uh, uh, the limited amounts of inventory they have has a huge ripple effect on the economy. And if we can't uh, attract the workers here to grow the businesses and, or to retain the businesses, we're going to have, the businesses are going to have a hard time keeping the lights on. And that's going to have a huge impact on uh, Wisconsin's economy in the future. The only good news with respect to this issue is that every state seems to be in the same predicament. So uh, no state has it figured out yet. We have a lot of interest in this issue legislatively. Uh, both Republicans and Democrats have identified workforce housing as a top priority. The challenge is, how do you, how do you take that consensus for uh, a key issue like workforce housing and find broad bipartisan support on some of the specifics? And some of the specifics that uh, lawmakers want to see in a comprehensive workforce housing package include things like regulatory reform. How do you expedite the process at the local level to reduce the cost of housing by making it uh, less time consuming and less expensive to build new housing? 
that's a challenge that uh, lawmakers want to, uh, you know, they, they want to address. They know it's a big issue. Also, they've seen a lot of federal uh, stimulus money, the ARPA funds, the American Rescue Plan Act funds, go to local units of government. And they would like to see local units of government and even the state government invest those dollars into uh, workforce housing, primarily in the areas of infrastructure. They think if they can invest that money in infrastructure, roads, sewer, sidewalks for workforce housing, that you will lower the costs of housing, which will then create a ripple effect for the community because you'll build more housing, uh, increase tax bases, uh, increase the tax base, attract more workers, and it'll be uh, a benefit to the community long-term. Also, they're looking at some new creative tools to provide infrastructure uh, for local units of government, some tools that uh, other states provide their local communities, but Wisconsin does not yet recognize. Something uh, as an alternative to tax increment financing may find its uh, way into that final package. So uh, we're working with lawmakers to try to find creative solutions. Hopefully we're gonna see a comprehensive list of bills introduced uh, sometime early this fall and have a very healthy debate in the legislature and uh, get some of these bills, not all of them, across the finish line. So Tom, how did, and I know a lot of our members could probably, they're probably screaming right now when I'm asked this question, but um, how did we get here? How did we become so upside down in our, our housing shortage? Yeah, great question. And uh, it's, it's, this is purely supply and demand. For uh, the last decade or so since the recession, we've produced 20,000 fewer housing units every single year than we did uh, on average for the decade uh, prior to the Great Recession. So you have a, a real shortage of supply. And then we have the biggest generation we've ever had, millennials, uh, starting to get into the housing market. They want to become homeowners. They're, they're leaving the nest of uh, their parents' homes and need housing. Couple that with the second biggest generation, the baby boomers, living longer and staying in their housing and their houses uh, for greater periods of time. And you have a huge um, demand for housing and a shortage of supply, which has led to these major uh, inventory issues that our members have seen and uh, the lack of housing for uh, workers throughout the state. Well, hopefully we'll be able to find some success with that federal and state stimulus money to incentivize local units of government to help us address the workforce housing shortage. Corey, thank you for joining us on today's podcast and giving us some insight into the WRA's remaining legislative priorities uh, for this uh, upcoming fall session. And to our listeners, thank you for listening today and please continue to invest in RPAC. Uh, RPAC helps the WRA elect the right people into office uh, so that we can get issues like the issues that Corey talked about uh, passed into law and create a favorable regulatory environment for uh, owning, buying, and selling real estate. Thank you.